We've been working on how to deal with this grief and this fatigue that we all feel from this time of COVID and from all of the things that happen in our lives. From all the losses, from all of the, I mean, from the losses of going to your favorite restaurant or maybe your favorite restaurant's not even there anymore. Maybe it didn't make it through the first year of COVID. There, there are so many losses that we're experiencing right now and having them forward in our minds, not spending all our time weeping about them, but understanding, understanding about ourselves that this is hard and we need to be gentle is what we need to do. And so I chose to use Domingo's four agreements um, over four Sundays to let you know, to, to remind us all how we can do that, how we can be gentle with ourselves. And in the first week, we talked about being impeccable with your word. So your word is any thought. Words are symbols, and we have those symbols in our heads, and sometimes they come out of our mouths. Sometimes they come out of our mouths when we didn't even know they were going to, or we wish they hadn't, or we immediately regret it. So being impeccable with our word means not to speak our word against anyone, including maybe especially ourselves. Most of us are very hard on ourselves, and usually you can tell how hard a person is on himself by his judgment of others. Because we hold ourselves to that high standard, and, and we're so mean to ourselves that it really just checks our mind to see someone else sitting by and not doing, and not even feeling guilty about it. We do that. We do that. So this is a reminder not to do that. What are my words? What are my thoughts about this person? And to not take anything personally. Because everything everybody does is about them and not about you. Even if someone comes up and slaps you in the face, your face got slapped. I'm not saying that didn't happen, but I'm saying that was about them. That was about their violence, their confusion, their misunderstanding, their not knowing who they are. It doesn't have anything to do with and so, yes, you may experience the hurt at first, but then you don't have to keep re-injuring yourself with someone else's poison, is the way Domingo Ruiz says it. That when we use words against ourselves and others, that's actually poison. And it has its effect on the world. If we are one, then one more drop of poison is poisoning us all. And I think we see that. I think we see that on social media. I think we see it sometimes out on the street or in the grocery stores. But I also see people looking out for one another and taking care of one another. So that's our task, is to combat that poison by our love, with our love. We are the antidote. And one of the ways we do that is to be impeccable with our word, to not take things personally, and the third agreement, don't make assumptions. Don't make assumptions. Why do we make assumptions? Do we make assumptions? Let's ask that first. Do we make assumptions? Yes. Yes, we do. She cut me off in traffic. She must think she's better than I am. She thinks she's more important. She's got some place to be that's more important than the place I have to be. Really? The car moved. That's what happened. That's the reality of what happened. Everything else is something we've done to ourselves. 
by making an assumption and taking it personally and having a reaction. And the reaction causes us to use words that are not helpful, that are possibly even poisonous. And guess what? We're the only ones in our car, so who is it poisoning? <laughs> not the person who cut us off in traffic. It only poisons us. So awareness is the most important thing. We have to become aware of the assumptions that we make all the time. And we assume good things about people, good things, and we assume bad things about people. If you voted the same way I did in the last election, well, that says several things about you. You must be a really good person, and you must agree, me, agree with me on all kinds of issues that we have never discussed. Or if you voted differently than I did in the past election, then you must be completely different than me. You don't have any, any of the same values I have. We don't know that. Right. Good question to ask is, is that true? When you have a thought, just say, is that true? And if you think it's true, then ask, can I absolutely know? Can I absolutely know it's true? Yeah. We can't absolutely know the truth about anyone else. Most of the time, we don't even know the truth about ourselves. But that inquiry will begin because we make assumptions about ourselves also. So why do we make assumptions? We do it because we don't feel safe when we don't know what's going on. We don't feel safe when we're not in control. And being in control and knowing what's going on are only ever illusions. But they're comfortable illusions. And they're human. You're doing what humans do. It's not about blame. It's not about you're bad for doing it. It's not about I'm bad that I make assumptions. It's about I'm human and I'm striving to connect more with my divinity than my humanity. I'm striving to identify myself more with my divinity than with my humanity. I will still be in this human body until the day that it dies. And so it's not a fight. It's not a fight. It's a balance. And it's a paying attention. Because when we don't know something, it scares us so much that we make up our own ending. And then we start having reactions to that ending that we made up. I'm waiting for a test result. It's cancer. I know it. I'm going to die. What am I, is my will up to date? What do I do? Who, uh, who, who should I call? Oh my gosh, this is going to be so terrible. No, who will take care of me? What's true is that you're waiting for a test result. And all of the torture about it is you creating it from your imagination. Mm. And even if you do get the bad diagnosis, you don't know exactly how it's going to play out. So why not be present or how it plays out with the best of you, rather than imagining all of the horrible ways it could play out. Just a thought. Just a thought. And I'm telling you, I come from generations of women who, if you are five minutes late, it's because you're dead. It's time to call the hospitals. Yeah. I thought you were dead! Unfortunately, I believe I passed that on to my daughter. So, <clears throat> grandmother, my mother, me, her. You didn't call me when you got there. I didn't know you made it. <clears throat> we do that. We do that. So, it's not about 
explain. It's about what we do, but bringing it into our awareness. And my awareness these days is Bob didn't call. That's more about he's Bob than it is about he's in a car accident. You know? You may have forgotten. I won't know until I hear from him. So I can either spend my time <clears throat> getting angry or getting worried, getting hurt as I make up my own stories about it. Or I can go, hmm, he's not here yet. I think I'll watch a, another episode of my TV show. I'm going to sit down and read a book, whatever. So we assume because we don't know. And we would rather have a fictional knowing than a real unknowing. And I posit that until we become somewhat comfortable in the unknowing, we will continue to make these tragedies for ourselves, to make what um, Domingo Ruiz says, all the sadness and drama that we live in our lives. And these, these can be huge. Why didn't my mother abuse me? She didn't love me. I was never enough. I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't smart. I wasn't as good at sports as the other kids. The, I mean, really? Your mother abused you. Yeah, that happened. But you don't have to make an assumption about why. If you want to know, you can ask. And maybe you'll get the truth and maybe you won't. But that will be about her and not about you. Nothing about it is about you. So it's taking it personally. And then taking that, taking it personally to new heights by creating a whole bunch of assumptions about it with our imagination. It must be because, must it be, really? Things are, here's how you can tell where there's something should be a certain way. Is it that way? <laughs> Because what's happening is what should be happening by definition. And we fight against that. Ooh. Ooh. I don't want it that way. <laughs> so we know a single fact about someone. We make a lot of assumptions. Someone walks in, they got a lot of tattoos and earrings on. Someone is black or Middle Eastern or gay or a straight-up, middle-aged white woman. <laughs> Lots of assumptions, I'm sure, are made about all of us every day based upon almost no information. Guess what? It's none of our business. We don't have to worry about it. What is our business is what assumptions we make when we look at others and know one or two facts about them and start to believe we know who they are without spending the time to get to know who they are. So we assume, um, one of the other things that we do is we base present days on past experience. And yes, experience has a lot to teach us. Experience can make us ready. Experience can make us pay attention. Experience can make us notice when our gut is telling us, ooh, maybe this isn't a good thing to do. But experience is not what happens over and over again in the present. I know that when I first started dating Bob, I was, man, he could say just the most innocuous, pleasant thing. And I would go, what do you mean by that? Because I had been in a relationship 
with a man for many years who attacked me a lot verbally. And then I had grown up in a household where I was attacked a lot verbally. And so I was living out the past in a present that wasn't, that didn't match it at all. And I was creating havoc in the relationship. Can you see how we do that in big and small ways? We try to bring the past into the present, and it's not the truth. Now, it might have been the truth. Maybe, maybe I have been dating somebody who was verbally attacking me. But I would have to sit down and know that within myself based upon the evidence or based upon a discussion with that person, perhaps, to know the truth rather than making an assumption. When I first started teaching sixth grade, um, I only taught in junior high one year, but um, and then I went to high school, but I remember walking down the halls of the junior high and when the bell would ring and all of the sixth and seventh grade boys would run out, I would almost have a panic attack. Because when I was in sixth and seventh grade, I was bullied by sixth and seventh grade boys. And I had to consciously tell myself, you're not in sixth grade. <laughs> you're a grown-up. You don't know anything about these boys. These might be the sweetest boys in the world. And teaching that one year in junior high was so good for me because I met so many really, really sweet sixth and seventh grade boys. So when we, you see how we can, if, if, we're, if we easily let our assumption be informed by actual information and let go of it quickly, that's awesome. It's when we make that assumption and begin to live as if it is true, as if it is fact, that we create all this havoc in the world. Because if I expected every boy who came through my classroom door to be a bully, how would I have treated them? And would that possibly have been a self-fulfilling prophecy? We make these assumptions. We, we interpret looks and gestures. Why'd she look at me that way? She must have. I remember um, watching a play one time, or watching a rehearsal for a play one time, and I was so intently listening for every line and word and just fascinated by what was going on. And someone came up to me afterward and said, Okay, you hated it, so, you know, you didn't have to sit there and stare at us like that. And I was like, I didn't hate it at all, I loved it. This is when I found out that my face in repose is not necessarily pleasant in expression. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I can either let people assume that, or I can make, make a point of smiling when I am focused on someone so that they don't have that misinterpretation of me. It's not really my business. But I also don't want to go around hurting people. So that's a small adjustment I can make. We see everyone else's outer lives, and we know our inner lives. And we compare. And that car he's driving couldn't possibly know what it's like to live in the kind of economic circumstances that I lived in. Really? Do you know that? Can you know that? Do you know anything about that? Maybe this was the triumph of his life to save up this money after years of hard labor to get in that car. You don't know. Or maybe his daddy gave it to him. You don't know. And if his daddy did give it to him, what does that say about him? Nothing. Because you don't know. Get it? We 
miserable when I'm cold, then everybody must be cold and miserable right now. That's not a good assumption, because Perry and I are always hot. Amen. When everyone else is complaining about how cold it is. <clears throat> we, if we want to break our habit of making assumptions about others, it's done with inquiry. We need to ask questions. We need to ask questions of ourselves. Is that true? Can I know that's true? And then if I don't know it's true, and it's somebody that's not important in my life, I don't have to have another thought about it ever again. And if it's somebody that is important in my life, then I can ask. I can say, I'm making up a story in my head about you, and I really would like to know the truth of how you feel about this, or um, what happened that day. Whatever. Ask. Get the information. If it's important to you. If it's not important, just let it go. But if it is, ask. Curiosity will save this planet. Right? Just apply some curiosity rather than, you know, what do you mean by that? It must be something bad. What do you mean by that? Let's find out what he meant by that. Because let me tell you that whenever you sit down and find what somebody means about something, it is impossible for you to not, if you have an open mind, to not discover some commonalities. Maybe he is a bully, but he's very, very kind to animals. Maybe he rescues them. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. But you see, we're always just making stuff up. We're always just making stuff up. So. These came, these assumptions and our inability to deal with those assumptions or break the habit of those assumptions came from agreements that we made that we were given from our parents, from society, from media. We were given these and we didn't stop and question them. So one of the things that we've agreed as a society is it's not safe to ask questions. That if you ask a question, people will think you're stupid. That you're supposed to already know. You're supposed to already know. Does that make any sense? No. No. Another agreement we make is that if he really loves me, he already knows what it is he's doing that perturbs me. And he doesn't care how I feel about it, or he would stop. I don't know that. I gotta tell you, and poor Bob, he's not even here to defend himself. He went to Louisiana this weekend. Um, I know, and when I'm in my right mind, I absolutely know that he just doesn't even see it. He doesn't know it. He doesn't care. He doesn't see it. The mud on the floor, you could leave it there forever. It wouldn't bother him. I have a problem with it. Is the mud on the floor because Bob doesn't love me? <laughs> That's a place that I can go in my head, though. He cared about me one whit. <laughs> Been cleaning this house all day. And he didn't notice I'm cleaning the floors over before he messed them up. I can't do that if I want to. And let me tell you, it's miserable if I do. And it's pleasant when I don't. And then I can say, honey, did you know there's mud on your shoes? Can you take them off? And then I have choices. I can say, will you sweep that up? Or I can sweep it up because my experience tells me that he won't sweep it up to my standards. <laughs> and who is that about? Is that about him or is that about me? I need it to be 
done this certain way. Well, if I do, I better do it. Because he doesn't need it to be done that certain way. And I, am I really here to change everybody in my life so I can be happy? Or can I change myself so that I can be happier with everybody in my life? Yeah. We have an agreement that people might not love us if they knew the truth about us. If you really knew me, if you really knew what was going on in here, you wouldn't even want to have lunch with me, much less marry me. Spend your life with me. And that's not true, because guess what? Whatever crazy stuff you've got going on, so does everybody else. So does everybody else. We've agreed somehow that we might not survive knowing the truth. We would rather live with our assumptions because what if it's something that we can't handle? Does that ring true for you at all? Yeah. Here's the thing. My life got so much better when I realized, and it really just happened to me one day, I went, oh, what's the worst thing that can happen? I'll be disappointed. I'll be very disappointed. I'll be extremely disappointed if, I, if this doesn't happen the way I want it to be. And I've dealt with disappointment all my life. Deal with it again. I'm strong enough. I'm big enough to deal with disappointment. But if we don't think it out to that end, then we can stay in that stuck place. Of, oh no, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. When we have no control over whether it happens or not, we just say, it either will or it won't. And when I know what the answer is, then I will react accordingly. I will respond accordingly. The other thing is we've agreed that certain things are obvious. Well, obviously. No. There are very few things that are obvious, and even if it's obvious to you, it's not obvious to everyone else. One of the things that I learned as a teacher early on is that it is important to state the obvious. Because if I, just because I think it's obvious doesn't mean that anybody else knows it. So it's important to say it. Not to make other people guess what is true. And the other thing we do is we make assumptions about God. That we make assumptions about the nature of life. Oh, that must have happened because I did this bad thing. That's why. We make assumptions about our relationship with, with divinity. Oh, I haven't meditated at all this week, so I can't really go to God for this right now. <laughs> Have you ever done that to yourself? Or is it it's just me? It's just me. I've done that in my head. And then luckily, I'm at a place in my life now where I'm noticing what's in my head. And I go, what? You're crazy. It gives me a lot of laughter. When I start noticing all these assumptions I'm making and all the things that I imagine that other people are thinking, then I can now laugh. Because I don't know. I don't know, and why do I want to spend my time? It's not fair, it's not pleasant to spend my time making up stuff. How about if I just don't? The antidotes to making assumptions are simply to do, to start to be aware of where we make assumptions, of when we're more likely to, of, of how we do it, of whom we mostly do it, what situations, and what the assumption is. And that may take a little, a little digging, a little inquiry. A little, is that true? Can I absolutely know it's true? 
What would I do if it weren't true? What would I do if it was true? Is it about me or about them? Take it to those places in your mind. If you do it often enough, it will become a habit, and it will happen without you having to go step by step by step by step through it. Awareness. Curiosity. Investigation before contempt. Not contempt before investigation. You find out what it is before you make a judgment about it, instead of making a judgment, and then finding whatever happened to um, agree with your judgment. See, then we're building cases. We're not actually using our curiosity to find out things. We're building cases. Acceptance. You know, one thing is just believe it's possible, you don't know. It is so free to go, I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't know. Tell me. I don't know. Believe it's possible that you don't know. Because I'll tell you, my default from childhood was I do know. And sometimes it turns out that I know, but just by luck. Because <laughs> I don't know. Until I find out, I don't know. The other thing is, if you ask for what you want, just instead of seeming about, she did this, she's making that face, he didn't call me, they were late, say, I tend to panic when you're late. I just want to let you know that, that it hurts me, and I know that's my deal, that's my, my neurosis. But if it's possible for you to be on time, I really appreciate that. And then let it go, because they may be on time again, or they may not. They, they may do what you want them to do, or they may not. And if they don't, and you go crazy again, that is the experience of conditional love. I will love you when you do all these things. No, oh, that's the way he is. Never going to change it. I either get to love it or leave it. I choose to love it. Be clear about who you are, and you'll be much more clear about who you are when you stop making assumptions about others. And no, no one can truly know, know your motives. No one knows. No one knows. <clears throat> and knowing that on a regular basis is a reminder that you can't know theirs either. So, Don Miguel Ruiz says that when you stop making assumptions, when we stop making assumptions, war will end. War in our own minds against ourselves. War between two people in relationship. War between factions, countries, planets. Don't make assumptions. Just find out.
up stories about them. Things are as they are. Breathe that in. Things are just as they are. say